Life's too short. Life's too damn short. So, eat everything. Try anything. Exercise. Experience all that life has to offer. Here's exercise physiologist, medical journalist, and healthy talk host, Melanie Cole, MS. Well, it's said now, and if you're somebody that has dogs, children, and you like to go out, and you like to be out in the woods, and you like to do all these kind of things, well, it's said now that ticks are taking over in a way of our you know, of our yards and our woods and that there's so many of them that we really have to pay more attention to how we check our children. Nearly half of all the counties in the United States are now home to the ticks that transmit Lyme disease. So this is definitely something that you, especially in the summer, we need to really keep track of. Well, my guest today is Dr. Thomas Mather. He's a professor of public health entomology at the University of Rhode Island and the director of URI's Tick Encounter Resource Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mather. So tell us about ticks. There's more of them now than there used to be. Is there a reason for that? Our winters aren't as cold, not freezing them out. What's going on? Well, so these ticks have figured out how to get through the winter um, in the eons of time that they've been around. So I don't think it's the winter issue. I'm not really convinced that it's much about the any kind of warming trends or anything. I think it's really more about... Um, host populations, in particular white-tailed deer, sort of being where we live more and more commonly. And those animals serve as the reproductive hosts for three or four of the most important um, species of ticks here in America. And um, because of the deer populations growing and being in closer proximity to people, then their ticks are also um, in closer proximity to people. So I believe that, that that's the major environmental change that we've seen. It's, it's one that's fostering deer in our, in our backyard. So anybody listening, raise your hand if you've seen a deer in your neighborhood. and You probably put you in the risk category. So let's describe ticks a little bit for people, Dr. Mather, because people don't, you know, they think of lice. And they think of fleas, and these things jump and go from person to person, and then you have to bomb your house or, or you know, clean all the sheets and everything. But ticks are different. They don't jump. They don't fly, right? So let's talk about some of the entomology of ticks and how they get on us. Yeah, so ticks are um, quite a bit different, like you, like you mentioned. Um, we have a crowdsourced tick survey called Tick Spotters, and it is interesting that about 4 or 5% of the submissions are actually things that are not ticks, things that people believe are ticks but are not ticks. So I think your question is well-focused in that, um, you know, we need to think about, all right, what, what makes a tick a tick and what makes something not a tick? And so ticks have eight legs in their nymphal and adult stages. Um, they, their bodies are in two parts, sort of a head and a body, to keep it simple. Um, and they don't have antennae. They don't have eyes. Um, and so if you see something that has antennae and six legs, then that's not a tick. Um, simple as that. And um, when you get into the ticks themselves, though, it's important to identify your tick correctly because all of the different ticks that we have in, a, in America in particular generally seem to carry their own set of germs. So American dog ticks are different from deer ticks, and they carry different germs as well. So it's really, you know, that whole first step of identifying what you've got is, is 
kind of put you on the path toward um, knowing what your risks are and even what what best next action to take. Um, it all starts with identifying what you have correctly. So, okay, so if people have been seeing deer in their backyard, or if there's somebody like to take their kids camping, and of course they take the dog with them too, and they're hiking in the woods, what do you want us to know about the first most important bit of information about ticks and, and if we get them or preventing them or even checking for them after we have been out in the woods? Well, so there's a lot of inherent fear about ticks because of especially all the media um, information out there. And so it's just sort of setting, setting people a little bit at ease. I mean, we want you to go outside, and, and, but you also have to take tick-smart precautions. Um, knowing that ticks might be there. They're not everywhere. They're not like going to be right in the middle of an open space, so you're fine there, but who really wants to spend all of their time in the middle of an open space, too? You'd like to sort of explore. You do need to know that if you go out and explore, especially at this time of the year when the adult dog tick, American dog ticks, are pretty much everywhere right now. This has been a particularly bad year for them. You may bring them home with you on your clothes, on your pet. And then they can get inside of your house. They won't last there very long, um, but uh, people are finding them in places like you suggested, in their bed, on their furniture, in the laundry hamper, um, loose and wandering. And, and then you're not really expecting them. So that's, that's probably a, a big, big thing to keep in your mind, that just because you're inside now doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't um, transport a tick inside, then you may still be at risk. So... Um, a good way to handle all of that is to throw your clothes in the dryer for about 10 minutes, um, and ticks will defecate, and so they just, you'll be a lot safer. So the first action really coming in might be to strip your clothes off, throw them in the dryer, take a quick look at your legs below your waist, in particular for the little nymphal stage deer ticks that are also active right now. They're, they're about the size of a poppy seed, and most people overlook them. Okay, so let's let's talk about a tick check because I when I do it on my kids, I start down at their feet because they can crawl in those socks and have them take off their shoes, and I just work my hands and I do the same with our dog. I start down at his toes and get in between the toes and work my way up the leg into that little area where the leg connects to the body, and the same with kids, even in the groin area and then up through the waist. And I mean, is that is that what we should be doing? Is sort of feeling while we're looking as well. Yeah, you, you can do that, especially on dogs. So feeling is probably the easiest thing because you're not really likely to see them when they're, they're un, unfed. Um, but on, on kids, I think you just have to know what you're looking for. So we have a, a fun uh, kids' activity. We've pasted um, little nymphal stage ticks on a poppy seed bagel. And you give a kid a magnifying glass in one of these, and they, they go to town. They try to find the ticks. They're surprised people... Uh, adults are also surprised at just how small these ticks are. But knowing what you're looking for so that your eye is a little bit trained um, is, is one thing that we think is really uh, a good first step in starting on this, this tick-smart life path, I guess. We also have a little transfer tattoo that um, the kids love to put on. We, we send them home from school with it, say, oh, you might tell your parents what you did at school today, you know, uh, you learned how to do a tick check and you might want to check me for a tick, you know, and they could find the tattoo. I think it really is an eye opener for a lot of people. That just well, that's how a cute small idea. these ticks can be. 
the tattoo. That's a great idea. And you have to look for a tick on me. And nothing, nothing worse than doing that to your dog and you feel that bump and you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> so, okay. So we have at least 24 hours to find and remove a feeding tick, right? Before it can transmit an infection. However, there's always that question. Do I use a credit card? Do I use a lit match? Do I use, I mean, of course you don't use a lit match blow it out and put yeah, it on your kid's never, skin. It's but... never been a smart idea to touch no, um, anything I think hot it was. onto private parts. Um, oh, my so God. And then, and then the you know, poppy seed. <laughs> and alcohol and this and that. So you tell us as the tick expert, what is the best way, whether it's a poppy seed, little size guy, or one of those yikes looking things, how do we remove the tick? Well, we like using a pointy tweezer, a very pointy tweezer that you can grab even a size, something the size of a poppy seed sideways and pull it straight out. Um, that way, at least, if you still have it in your grip, in the grip of the tweezer. A lot of times when people are using other devices or methods, then they will say, well, I took the tick off with X, Y, or Z method, but then it fell on the floor. Well, now you can't identify it. So um, it's you know, it's best to end up with the tick in your in your firm little grasp at the same time. Then you what know, do you do with it? Are, um, well, so we, we like people to take a picture of it to first. Everybody has a smartphone these days, and not everyone can take a good picture, but they can try. And um, then we think it's best to put it in a little Ziploc baggie and maybe label it with the date and hold on to it for a few weeks just to see, all right, I, I've used tick spotters, I've gotten it identified. They told me what my risk is. Now I can take action. Oh, gee, I didn't know it was one of those kinds of ticks. Maybe I do want to have it tested. Or I didn't know it was attached for three days. I, it didn't look very big to me. Um, maybe I do want to have it tested. But So you still have the tick if you save it that way. Okay, now prevention. I mean, the best the best way to not get a tick is to prevent it in the first place. So clothing, DEET, what works on ticks? Yeah, so DEET has never been a particularly great repellent for ticks. We're not saying not to use it, but we're not saying depend upon it. Um, instead, we really think people should be wearing the repellent in the clothes that they wear and on their footwear as well. So you can spray your shoes with permethrin spray. You can wear um, permethrin-treated clothing. You can even have your own clothing treated with permethrin from companies like Insect Shield. In North Carolina, they do a fine job um, treating your clothes. You'd like to, when, especially if you're going out where ticks are, you'd like to at least have some barrier of protection that actually works. Um, relying on a lot of these uh, sort of natural botanical oils, that our experience has been that they don't really work very well. And so people get in their mind, oh, I'm doing this, but it's not really very effective. So I guess I, my question is, what are you really doing? Um, to protect yourself. But wearing tick repellent clothes is by far and away the most effective way to keep from getting a tick bite. And you know, when they're the size of poppy seeds and they're stuck on you below your belt, where you probably rarely look, you'd really like to be wearing tick repellent shorts, tick repellent pants, tick repellent socks, and um, tick repellent shoes, because the the ticks that give you Lyme disease in the summertime are nymphal stage, and they latch on first at your shoe level and then crawl up your leg. So you start start low, like you suggested checking as well. And, um, you know, if you can't reliably do that check yourself, then you definitely are a good candidate for wearing tick-repellent clothes. 
I even knew somebody, uh, an obese person, Dr. Mather, who had rolls of fat. I mean, some people do, right? And I was helping her look for ticks, and there was one. And it was right under there. It got in where it was warm and safe. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, while it may not be the most comfortable kind of, you know, politically correct thing to do, you absolutely have to look in all of those dark hidden places that that they could be. So, okay, so we've got we've got our checking, we've got our clothing, you know, spraying our clothing, knowing our area, knowing what kinds of ticks might be in the area. So wrap it up because you yeah, you wanted to touch on things. and you wanted to touch on healthy lifestyle as a way to prevent ticks. Right. So being tick smart, taking these actions, these we have five core actions and knowing Wearing tick-repellent clothes, doing a daily tick check are three really important um, tick-smart actions. Making sure your pet is protected with a with an effective quick-tick knockdown product, um, one that doesn't uh, make the tick bite the dog first before it gets a, a dose, but one that kills the tick beforehand. It's really tick-smart. Um, and, you know, and reducing... Uh, ticks in your own backyard where so many people encounter the ticks not even thinking that they might might be there. Uh, those five core actions are, are part of living a tick-smart lifestyle, and we think that anyone can start, you know, just get started and then see where, see where that path toward freedom from tick bites actually takes you. And tell us where people can find out more information about ticks and you. Well, so we have a very popular website called TickEncounter.org, and um, we have a lot of information. Clicking on any of the tabs will get you started Look under the TickSmart um, tab, and there's a lot of information there on our five core actions to take. We have a fun thing, 10 things everyone needs to know about ticks these days um, that um, really surprises people that they thought they knew what they thought they knew about ticks from those days were about American dog ticks. And these days, the ticks are different. We've got Lone Star ticks in places that we never knew they would be. We've got these black-legged ticks that surprise people and still surprises my wife. I've been married to her almost 20 years. The fact that, oh, why are you going out in the fall to collect ticks? Well, that's when the adult stage ticks come out. So, um, And they do it every year. It's not because of climate change. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely not something people want to think about, but so, so important. And, you know, if you know somebody who's ever had Lyme disease, it's very difficult to deal with. So this is definitely something that you want to make sure that you get this information. And the website is TickEncounter.org. That's TickEncounter.org. Dot org And it's the Tick Encounter Resource Center, and you can see more about Dr. Mather and more about ticks. They have all these lovely little pictures of even the poppy seed-sized ticks. I think I'll never eat poppy seeds again, Dr. M. So thanks for that. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, and, and a bagel. I'm never going to look at a bagel the same way again. So, yeah, that's always interesting. But thank you so much for being with us today. You are listening to Life's Too Short right here on Radio MD. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can listen on iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, all kinds of advocates. We're all over the place. And, of course, the best place to listen to us would be at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.